year. So let's get into it. Someone say holistic. Holistic. Holistic is our series. Let's go ahead and get our notebooks ready and our Bibles. We got, you know, I took away a screen from you guys. So we got two screens now and two big Bibles if you haven't brought your Bible. Uh, We are a note-taking church, so let's get ready to lean into the Word and open our hearts. And um, let's let the Lord speak to us. I want to open up in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. John is speaking to a ministry leader, this individual, um, host traveling preachers. So John, an original disciple of Christ, is encouraging this ministry leader who hosts traveling preachers. And he just kind of extends his heart and his, his wishes and his prayers over him. And he says this, and I believe that this is what God is saying to you this year as well. John says this, dear friend, I pray that you may prosper in every way and be in good health physically just as you are spiritually. We'll read it again. Dear friend, this is what I'm declaring over your life this year. This is what God has spoken over you. That you may prosper in every way. Someone say every way. Every way. Every way. way. Not just spiritual. Not just physical, but every way. And be in good health physically just as you are spiritually. So if we're going to go ahead and define what this series is, let's go ahead and define the term first, holistic, if you're writing notes. It won't come up on the screen. But we want to define holistic as this. It is care for or the care of, sorry, the care of the soul, mind, and body. Care of the soul, mind, and body. All of you. God cares about all of you. Not just, not just about your spiritual life. I, I think a lot of times when we think about the things of God and we think about Christianity and Christ and the Bible and religion, I think all those things get caught up in that spiritual area. Like We're like, okay, let's write down the categories of our lives and all that stuff goes. God goes in my spiritual area. No, God cares about all of it. He cares about your soul, your mind, in your body. And we're going to do a bonus week four. I'm not going to tell you what that is, but he cares about that too. We'll, we'll never get too many weeks away from that topic, but he cares about that too. You, Dennis, you know what we go on week four. You already know. I got to stay there. Gotta, I love it. I love it. Man, I'm excited. It's a new year, man. Come on, put our hands together. I'm so excited. I encourage you, please, find it deep down within you to be excited. I was telling my wife, like, I just, I, I don't got a lot of time for negativity this year, man. I just don't. Don't got a lot of time to be Debbie Downed and Negative Nan and all that. I, I don't have it. I don't have it. I think we've given too many years of our lives to negativity and to pessimism and to, eh, no, eh. I chew. So allergic to that stuff. Just complaining all the time. Jesus. All right, all right. I'm excited. Okay, okay. And this is what I believe. Y'all probably like me better on the strong year, strong you message. I was just right there. Just strong year, strong. Anyway, so here, this is what I believe. I believe this. Go ahead and write this down. I believe this. A strong you will lead to a strong year. A strong you will lead to a strong year. And um, I think most of us would agree that 
part of the reason why we love a new year, which is really just another day, is we love it because it provides us an opportunity to hit the refresh button on some of our goals and resolutions. And so many of you have made lists and you've aspired for some things. You're going to aspire for some things come December 2022. There are certain things you want to see happen in your life. And uh, I encourage you that you ought to dream. You ought to have some resolutions. But research has confirmed that by January the 14th, 85% of us will have quit on all of those things. Um, because we're all guilty of being excited about something. We start out excited, right? We're, we're stoked right now. We're, we're in church, right? Um, But come November, will we still, right now, we are 100%, even online, you're 100% in your church attendance. Come November, will it be the same thing? Right. I like to believe that if you remain consistent and you are 100% your church attendance, you will see fruit in December. But the problem is, is we get excited at the front end of a thing. And then so Christmas and New Year, then around January 3rd or 4th, somewhere around tomorrow or the next day, life hits. And that, that zaps us of the strength and the concentration and the focus that we need in order to achieve those things. And I think part of the problem is, is that goals are outward in nature. As a matter of fact, the very definition of a goal is a desired outcome. A desire outcome. So we start in January. If it does not happen by March when we thought it was going to happen, we get discouraged. If it does not happen in April when we thought it was going to happen, we get discouraged. I like to propose this. I like to propose that we have a different kind of goal. Uh, one of the reasons I love Christmas so much is the wish list or the Christmas list. Growing up, um, we believed in Santa, still believe in Santa. And uh, a lot of super spiritual folks don't believe in Santa. They like to ruin kids' lives. More specifically for my baby boy, he goes to a Christian school. And I'm like, oh no, these little Christians are gonna ruin it. And so for the first time ever this year, he comes home and he asked me, Dad, is Santa real? And I got to tell him the truth. Yes. Santa is real. <laughs> he is real. Stop destroying kids' lives and being mean. Not historically, he is, though. Like, he's, he's, Saint Nick is real. He handed out candy, he handed out gifts. He was a saint. He believed in Jesus. Santa is real. Now... We're good? Yes. And I think that's the first resolution you need to write down is staying away from deep Christians who like to destroy all the fun. Oh, that ain't funny because it's about 60% of y'all <laughs> were denied the truth when you're growing up. At any rate, I love the Christmas wish list because um, you get a chance to make a request, but we know that you don't always receive everything. The outcome is the reception, 
You can't control the reception. You can't control what's wrapped in that box. You can't control what you get, but you can control your requests. What am I saying? I'm saying that our goals are so lofty and, and I want to do this and I want to see that and I want to see that and I want to see that. And, and we get discouraged when it doesn't happen. Maybe instead of being discouraged about the outcome, we can start on January, January the 2nd controlling the input. So don't be discouraged about what you can't control. You can't control the outcome. You don't know if you're going to have $10,000 saved up in December. Anything can hit in life. You don't know if you're going to be able to purchase your home in August. Anything can hit in life. You, you don't know if you're going to be 20, 15, 30 pounds down in, in September. Anything can hit in life. Because those things you cannot control. Right. When you give your Santa list and you send that thing to the North Pole, you don't know if the elves even have the toy on the shelf. Can I preach that? Praise the Lord. My girl right here. She grew up believing in Santa. She was disappointed a few times. Me too. Open that box. Your Jordans went there. I ain't want these fake Jordans. Want the real ones. Can't control the outcome. But you can give your list. I think that our goals need to be more input in nature. So, so, so you, you want a healthy marriage. Here it is. What are you willing to put into it this year? You want thriving finances. What disciplines are you willing to initiate? Are you willing to work? Are you willing to get a second job? Are you willing to attack debt? Right? You want a strong faith life. What are you willing to put into your faith walk with God? Our goals need to be more input focused, less I want to see this more. So what I want to focus on is I want to focus on us. I want to focus inward. I think, I think it's essential that, that a strong you will lead to a strong year. So here it is, a few quick truths. I'm going to go through these real quick, so write your notes. Here it is. Number one, we need to know this. I live in a body. I live in a body. Number two, write this down. I have a spirit. You have a spirit. And number three, you are, I am a soul. All right. So you live in a body. You have a spirit. You are a soul. So you are not your body. Which tells me that my body is not the most important thing about me. So the money we spend on these bodies, the, 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 it's not important, the most important. It is important, but it's not the most important. Y'all seen uh, any Doctor Strange movies, show of hands, show of hands, Doctor Strange, Marvel. Uh, maybe you've even seen uh, the latest in the game, Spider-Man, whatever. Anytime Doc, you know, Doctor Strange does his thing, or, or when he first met his mentor, and she, she did this stuff on him. <laughs> Bam! And he came out, and he was still alive. But his body was like this. The thing that came out was the soul. That, that is you. And your soul is intact. Your soul is what lives forever, right? We can put that point up. The soul lives forever, 
right? The body is just a vessel. It's just a vehicle. But the soul lives forever. The soul is eternal. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that as soon as you die, you're in the presence of God if you're a Christian. And you can smell, you can see, you can touch, you can hear, you can taste. Paul even said, I was in heaven and the things I saw and the things I heard, I can't even express to you how wonderful they were. But he said, everything was intact when I went to heaven. Everything. And, 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 and so the soul lives forever. Hence, go ahead and write this down. My soul is the most important aspect of who I am. My soul, next point, is the most important aspect of who I am. So scripture says that in the beginning, uh, God made man out of the dust of the ground, the dust, that's the body. Then he breathed the breath of life. The word breath there is ruach, and it means wind, air, that that spirit is the sustaining power of your existence. So you have a spirit and then man became a living soul. You are a soul. And so, so what is the soul? The soul is composed of, here it is, thoughts, feelings, and desires. Go ahead and write that down. You are composed of thoughts, feelings, and desires. You are thoughts, feelings. So if here it is, if your thoughts, if your feelings, and if your desires are not healthy this year, you will not have a strong year. We got to stabilize those areas before we ask God for anything. Because if we don't, we're going to sabotage our goals. And so I want to I want to encourage you. So today I want to give us three ways to strengthen the soul. Jesus, Jesus died for your soul. He didn't die for your finances. He didn't die for your fitness because all that stuff fades. I've seen a lot of people die. As a matter of fact, a lot of we can't take any of it with us to heaven. He died for your soul. All right. So I want to talk about three ways to strengthen your soul. Number one, this is what we're going to do this year. Number one, cleanse the soul. This is why we start the year off with 21 days of fasting and prayer. And if you're new to fasting, I want to encourage you that there's a lot of resources out there. I'll be teaching a lot through fasting and prayer during our prayer mornings that we have Monday through Wednesday at 630 a.m. I hope to see you in the morning. Always a powerful time. It's honestly my most my most favorite time of the year uh, up there with Christmas because it's just such a powerful time. You come in here uh, if, if you can before work, you pray, you worship, you leave the church and you feel like, man, I can conquer anything. So so if you can be here tomorrow, 630, be here. We're going to be here. We're going to worship. We're going to have a short devotional teaching. We're going to pray. I'll have you out of here in 40 minutes. But it's what you need to start this year off. Let's cleanse the soul. My dad used to say a clean car rides better. Well, we agree. At least we're kind of psyched into thinking it does, but it, 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 it rises better. And it's the same thing with your soul. When, when, you, when you cleanse your thoughts and when you, when you submit your feelings and your desires to the spirit of God and the things of God, you ride better. And so this is what I've come to find out. Number one is that fasting is the most powerful way to cleanse the soul. Fasting. 
What is fasting, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Well, fasting is denying yourself physical food, write this down, in order to draw close to God. It's denying yourself physical food, interrupting your normal diet in order to come close to your creator, in order to be intimate with Jesus. It, it, it's it's uh, it, it cleans out the junk. So what 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 is it? Well, it's a physical action that has spiritual implications. I'm cleaning out the junk. And, and when you fast, you feel lighter on the inside. There, there's a there's a spiritual detox and a physical detox that happens when you fast. There are a lot of cute fasts out there right now. They, there's one called the soul fast where people say, well, Pastor, I'm. We're going to fast with you for 21 days, but you know, I'm not going to watch TV. That's great. Can I just be real? It's not a fast. A true fast is no food. A true fast is sacrificial. A true fast is you're going to feel some hunger pains. And, and, and when you do, instead of eating, you're going to go to the scripture. Instead of eating, you're going to take a nap. Instead of eating, you're going you're gonna to go and pray. You're going to allow the, the Holy Spirit to really work. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We clap that up. That's good. I'm sorry. That's so good. My bad. You're right. It's good. I'm teaching, but I'm like, oh, should I? Is this, is this good? Okay. So, yeah, that's what a real fast is. Key, key thought here. Go ahead and write this down. Busyness pollutes the soul. Busyness pollutes the soul. And a lot of us are busy. And what I've come to find out is that, here it is, you're productive by design or busy by default. You're either, either productive by design, which means your life is efficient, your life is intentional, you're focused, you're concentrated, you know tonight what you're going to be doing tomorrow. You know where every minute, every second, every hour is going. You're productive by design. You're busy by default. When you're, when you're busy by default, you have control of nothing. There's no intention. There's no organization. It's, oh, man, I got to get up and go to work. I'm going to go to work. Yay, I'm off. Yay, in my in-between time, I'm going to get on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And I'm going to go home and Netflix. Then I'm going to, you're just busy. And the, the Bible calls that a busy body. And, and there's no discipline. There's no structure. There's no organization. And that's what you call busy by default. And that stuff pollutes your feelings, your thoughts, and your desires. You find yourself wanting things that God doesn't want for you because you've allowed things to pollute. You're so, you find your thought life weak, you're worried, you're anxious, you're depressed because you're busy by default. What you do when you fast is your focus, your laser focus on getting into the presence of God. And so you can't just let your day go any kind of way because I'm fasting and I'm coming before the Lord. And, and, and so when you're busy, here it is, you're pulled in multiple directions. You're just pulled. And that's what you call distraction. 
And in medieval times, when, when, when they, they, would, they would execute certain people via distraction, they would tie your arm and tie the other arm, tie the leg, and they would pull. And that's what the enemy wants to do in your soul this year. He wants to tie your soul up and have your emotions over here and have your thoughts over here and have your feelings over here and have your desires over here. And he wants to pull. But a fast has the power to break the spirit of, of busyness and distraction over your life so i'll teach through it i don't know what kind of fast you're going to enter into and whether you start your fast next monday or the last week of the fast or tomorrow with us it doesn't matter but i'll give you a few kinds of fast that you can do go ahead and write these down number one is the daniel fast and we're inspired by daniel chapter one and the daniel fast is vegetables fruit fruit juice water the daniel fast then you have the complete fast, which is liquid or water. You can do a complete fast. Pastor Kyra and I tend to do a complete fast the first three days of the 21. And then day four, we switch over to the Daniel. Powerful time. If you're going to do it, if you're new to fasting, the first thing I want to encourage you to do is change your schedule. Don't go about life the way you normally go about it. It's all about reading, prayer, and rest. I can't come over. I can't hang out. I'm not going out. I'm not going out to eat. I'm putting God first. And then the other fast is partial fast. A partial fast is time-based. So it can be from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., sun up to sundown, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do, those are the different kinds of fasts you can do over the next 21 days. And, and, and uh, it says this in James chapter 4. It says this, move your heart closer to God, move your heart closer and closer to God. And he will come even closer to you. If you draw near to God during this fast, God is going to draw near to you. But make sure you cleanse your life. Someone say cleanse. cleanse. You sinners. We're all sinners. And keep your heart pure and stop doubting. I love this part. Watch this. He says, feel the pain of your sin. Yeah. A fast is the perfect, the perfect occasion to lean into your dysfunction. Not what mommy and daddy has done to you. Not what your boss has said or done, not what COVID or, or the season or, or the government or no, 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 no. A fast is about you leaning into your dysfunction. Every year I, 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 I stop and I pray and I'm, 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 Lord, what part of me needs to die? What part of my thinking needs to be submitted to you? What part of my speech needs to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. What part of how I am as a husband and as a father needs to be changed? James is saying, lean into the pain of your sin. This is not a time to, honestly, I, we did all the celebrating over the past couple weeks. He's saying, this is a time to really get serious about, about the condition and the state of your soul. This is the time to, oh, let me, let me not mess it up. Feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around be turned into mourning. He's saying, stop numbing the pain with joking. 
we laugh and, and we travel and we go out to eat and we go out to shop and, and we, 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 will fill, we will fill our schedule up with those things because we're trying to numb something. We're trying to drink it away because we're trying to numb something. But a fast is the perfect time to, to get that healing and to get that cleansing and to get that freedom that we need. It's during a fast. Because a lot of our resolutions, here it is, a lot of our bad habits can't support the pursuit of our new goals. And so I'm serious. I know it's just another day, but I'm serious when it comes to a new year. There are just some things that have to die if you're going to have decisive victory this year. I love it. I love when King David... um, when King David um, showed up, he wasn't King David. He was a teenager and he was anointed, but he wasn't appointed yet. And, and, and he showed up with some pizza to the fight because Goliath had been there for 40 days. Y'all, they were just standing there 40, 40 days in the same place. So David showed up, brought the pizza, the cheese and the bread. He said, uh, who this? He was like, that's Goliath. Ah, oh, we're scared of him. And he was like, um, he said, uh, what's the reward for killing him? There's always a reward for your purification. This ain't just some just boring, oh, I'm going to be hungry in the next 21 days. No, there's a reward for your, hold on, for your purification process. So he stepped up with what he had in his hands. With his present life, with his heart and his mind and everything he had. And he had that slingshot. He had that rock. And he, bam, knocked that joker out. The Bible says he died on contact. Bam. Blue, dropped him. And he said, but I ain't done. This ain't the season to get little victories. Like you, you get a little freedom for one or two days and you feel like you got over that sin, that habit. No, no, no. This ain't the no, no. This joker might get back up. The Bible says he stood over him. This is King David, God's man, took the sword. The, the man that God loved took the sword. He's out there, cute little Christian. No, no. He took the sword. Chopped his head off. Now he won't get up. This is the season where a lot of things that you're allowing to just live and breathe, you need to chop his head off. That's where that you need to chop its head off. The words, chop them off. That negativity, chop it off. And allow, allow your dreams to breathe. Allow your spirit to, to assail and to ascend to God-level things. Number two, nourish the soul. Someone say nourish the soul. Nourish the soul. Yeah, second way to strengthen it. As the church grows in numbers, man, I'm seeing a lot more babies around here. <laughs> and them jokers always eating. They always eating. And it's because we need nutrients to to be strong and healthy, and, and so does your soul. Your soul needs nutrients, and so I want to give you two entry points into your soul if you're taking notes. The first entry point is the eye gate. Guard your eyes this year. Guard your eye gate. 
It's an entry point. Jesus say, FF, the light of the eye is dark. How deep is that darkness in the soul? If the light of the eye is bright, if you're letting good things into your eye, your soul's going to be bright. And then the second gate is the ear gate. Someone say ear gate. Ear gate. Guard your ears this year. Guard, don't just let anything come into your ears. Any kind of music. This is another time to stop the crazy music. Next 21 days, no crazy music. All worship. Get you some elevation if you're taking notes. Get some hill song. Get, get, get some highlands worship. Get, get, get some worship in you. Guard your ear gates. I want to give you three ways to malnourish your soul. If these three things get into your soul in high doses, your soul is going to be all over the place this year. Number one, the, the first way to malnourish your soul, number one is the news. Get in and get out. Oh, what's going on? All right, great. Click. That's awesome. Get in and get out. Be informed, but don't be inspired by the news. Information is good. But when you're inspired by something, it breathes into you. That's what inspire means. It means it breathes into you. So if you're sitting under fear and Omicron and shutdowns and economy and, and war all the time, that's breathing into you. And we wonder why we're anxious and why we're depressed and why we're scared and why we don't want to be around people all of a sudden. It's because you've allowed the wrong stuff to breathe into you for way too long. The second thing that malnourishes your soul, high dose, social media. Get in and out. This is the season where you interrupt that. Shut down that account. Delete it. Take all the towels off. Refresh it. Get a, new, a whole new deal. I ain't been on social media in almost two years, and it feel darn good. I don't feel like I have to post. I don't feel like I need to post. I'm not competing with anybody. I'm not lacking anything. Social media. Third thing is foolishness. Foolishness. All that laughing. People who don't want to talk about things of faith, they don't want to serve the Lord, they don't want to go anywhere, they're in the same place they were, they're 40 years old, they're in the same place they were when they were 18, foolishness. Come on now. Come on now. Foolishness, it malnourishes the soul. And this is the thing, this year, either they come up to your level, or you got to let them go. Oh, uh, y'all don't want to talk to me. And let me tell you something. The more serious you get about God and the more, the more God blesses you and promotes you, your friend list will de- no man, it will decline. And it's a sure sign that you're doing the right thing. Foolishness. All right. It says this here. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word. Someone say word. word. That comes from the mouth of God. How do I nourish my soul? With the scripture, here it is, write this down. Intaking scripture is the most powerful way to nourish the soul. Intaking scripture. Intaking scripture. The word of God, truth, wisdom, the promises of God. That's right. I, was, I was raised in a family where we, we went to church, 
But the home life, the, the relatives and the friends, bad noise, getting into the ear gates, negativity and, and, and drama, no peace in the home. I didn't know who I was until I, I allowed this to nourish my soul. I wasn't a man until I, I, I built my life on this thing. I had no guidance, no direction, no clarity until I got into his word, nourished the soul with the word of God. When you get hungry during this fast, it is a time to open up your Bible and to allow the word of God to fill your soul. Jesus said this, Matthew 7, everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came with fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm. Someone say firm because of its strong foundation. This is a strong foundation. Ah, oh, this, this is a strong foundation. It's the word of God. You stand on this thing. Some of y'all ain't going to like this illustration because you're missing it. You stand on this thing, the winds and the waves hit. And it don't move you. But if you stand on CNN, if you stand on Fox, if you stand on auntie and uncle, if you stand on your own thoughts, you'll be moved. This thing. You live by it, you believe it, you trust it. Jesus said you apply it. When it comes, oh, it can't, it can't. Y'all know our story, most of y'all. It came for our house. Not only was it a pandemic, the house burned, people was going crazy. We needed to do, to do ministry. Our kids were getting older. Life was just changing. But me and Kyra Redding, yo pastors, we stood on the word of God for the past two years. And we have not been moved. We have not been moved. We've only gotten stronger. Oh, it's coming. And let me tell you something. Ooh, it, it already, oh man, we got so many leaders out today because of a cold or flu or whatever you want to call it. It's all the same thing, y'all. It's just a cold or flu. That's enough. It's been two years. It's all the same thing. You do understand this by now, right? So it's okay. We'll wear the mask, but it's the same crap, all right? So, 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 but the devil's just attacking he does not take a day off. And we can't afford to. Nourish the soul with the word of God. I love the attitude of Christ. He said, um, you know, if Christ was here today, he'd come up here and say, um, follow me. And you'd say, um, well, pastor, uh, whoa, whoa, Jesus, sorry. Well, he'd be your pastor. That'd be a tough church. That'd be a. If you read your gospels, Jesus had high ministry turnover. People be like, my pastor mean. I don't know if you're reading the Lord. The Lord was cutthroat. Well, you know, pastor, we got a, got a social distance. Next. Um, follow me. I just read it. You know, he said, um, let, he, he said, uh, the, the man said, um, I got to go back and bury my dad. Let the dead bury the dead. And you read that stuff and you say, well, he's not a mean savior. 
but he understands that my commitment to the things of God is what makes me immovable. That's the revelation in that. It's not about Jesus being mean. It's about being committed to nourishing your soul with truth and to living it out into being immovable. So I don't care what's going on in the world. Every single Sunday, I'm in church. I'm in the house of God. I'm growing in my faith. We're going to worship and give praise to the Lord because he's going to show up this year unlike any other year in our lives. We're committed to the things of God. And as we serve him, he heals us. That's the revelation. This is what you build your life on. Not that out there. And I promise if you do, by the end of the year, you're not going to recognize yourself in the best way. But you have to be unequivocal about serving God and about seeking God and about praising God and about giving unto God. And he will show up in your life life. The third thing, Jason, come on ahead and close me out, is, is in order to strengthen your soul, I encourage you to connect with God. In Ezekiel, the Lord says that all souls belong to me. And that's a hit on judgment. The encouragement here with connecting with God is that your soul needs to connect with his creator. Your thoughts, your feelings, and your desires needs to connect with its creator. And what I've come to find out is this, is that here it is, prayer is the most powerful way to connect with God. God told me to preach fire this morning. He told me to tell them to stop playing religion. And come while we still can to the house of God. I was telling my wife on the way to church that uh, in Syria, I think it's Raqqa. Um, there's a city that has been under um, Islamic stronghold for centuries. And um, a couple years ago, a church was able to, some Christians in a building was able to kind of catch a little momentum, then ISIS took it over and burnt that building down. And so as God often does, he sent more missionaries into that area to die, to spread the gospel. They did. And, and now today in this city, they have this church building, right? And so now some Christians are coming out of hiding. You got persecution, COVID, all of it. They're coming out of hiding. And 12 people show up to the first service knowing that they could die. And so CBN was able to get there and shoot and, and these people are crying, they're worshiping God because they have an opportunity to come to church. And God sent a pastor there from Maryland to lead that first service. They see it as an opportunity. 
They see it as we get to go to church. We ask ourselves on January 2nd, do I have to? The script is broken. The spirit is speaking now. Do I have to? Beautiful building, air, online opportunities, lobby. Your kids can be taken care of. And we're running the other way. When people would die in China and in other countries around the world just to come together to worship him. God says, stop playing with me. I want your soul this year. I got great plans for your life. I want to do powerful things. I want to do miracles. I want to do things you've never seen me do before in your life. But this is the year where you connect with me at a deeper level. What would it look like for you to be in church all 52 Sundays this year? What would it look like for you to rearrange your life in order to put Jesus first? And then let's flip it. What if you couldn't do this? Oh, man. Memo, this is such a place of strength. I don't know what my, what my life would be if I couldn't come and pray and worship and connect and be a mentee and be in a light group and be a group leader and serve the city. I don't know where my life would be if I couldn't serve the Lord in this way. I don't know what kind of depression, what kind of addiction, what kind of dysfunction would, would savage my life. This is an honor. God said, connect with me this year. Put away the social media for the next 21 days. Cut it off. I'll grow your business. I'll grow it. Turn off the TV. I can't remember the last time I watched CNN. It has been so good for the soul. Cut off YouTube. Stop laughing and drowning away the pain. It only comes back stronger. Deal with it. Connect with me. I'm going to heal your life. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to bless you. Whatever you got to do to be here for prayer, be here. God is going to show up. Let's put our hands together for the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray, Father.